all got that voice in our head that tells us we can't do stuff. But some people are just better at not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking them questions, and then you know, recording it and blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like me get out of our own way. Hey guys, welcome back to Closure Optional. This week on the podcast, I interview a dominatrix. My guest is Priestess Desire, and she works as a profess- professional <laughs> professional dominatrix or a pro-dom, uh, as opposed to pro-sub, which would be a professional submissive, which is a person that lets you do whatever the fuck you want to them for money. So, do you know, because of the nature of this podcast and the content of what we're talking about, it should be like a really hectic, chaotic podcast, but it's actually like one of the most measured, calmest interviews I've ever had. And I don't think yet in a single podcast I've ever been speechless or at a loss for things to say. And this whole episode, I, I just don't know. I, I, I think I was still kind of in shock from seeing her place of business. She showed me, um, she took me to a place called Haven 33, which is like uh, a playground for the kink and fetish community in uh, Tweed. And it is a beautiful place, <laughs> like mind-blowing, yes, and crazy, but absolutely beautiful. And the people that I met there were so nice and so friendly. <laughs> it's I don't know. These people are so normal. The guy, I went there because uh, they were doing a rope tying workshop or shibari, which is what she likes to do. And that's your bondage, your kind of classic bondage stuff. And so I went there to check the place out before they started this workshop. And the guy teaching the workshop could have honestly just walked out of a BCF. Like he, he could have been one of the guys climbing that mountain with Alex in that movie, Free Solo. You know what I'm talking about? The guy that, that was such an insane movie, by the way, but a guy climbed the side of a cliff face without any ropes for, I don't know, four hours, something like that. Anyway, that's not the point. That's not what I'm talking about. But this guy that was doing the rope tying workshop, he wasn't a weirdo at all. He was like a climbing nerd. (laughs) Super friendly. So, um, I don't know. I think all of the cognitive dissonance going on in my head got in the way of me trying to figure out how to have a normal conversation with her. But I love this conversation. She's so sweet and she's really interesting. And uh, if you'd like to see Haven 33, I actually did a video of it and it's up on my YouTube and my social media. Um, I'll repost it on Facebook probably because I imagine that they'll take it off of YouTube. But the links are on my website. The links to Haven 33's website are also on my website and more links to see priestess and the other things that she does on her Instagram or website. So thank you so much for listening. Oh, we started a new month. It's April now and we're calling it, or I'm calling it, Melina doesn't even know this yet. I, she had this idea a few months ago and I shot her down because I thought it was too corny. And then uh, I was grappling for ideas and I, rec- I recommended the same idea that she suggested to me. And now I like it because it's my idea. <laughs> So this month is called Grapefruit.
And we're continuing on with the healthy shit that we've been doing from Freshuary and Metatarch. And by the way, Ben Johnson, you're a fucking legend. Thank you for giving me updates and telling me how much fun you're enjoying your meditation. Yeah, it's so cool. It, this app is amazing. If you guys have never done meditating or never thought about it, give it a try. It's easy as shit with Sam Harris's app. It's just 10 minutes a day. It's super easy. Um, and if a world champion, well, no, nah, to be honest, he's probably got a lot more focus than you. Anyway, grateful is uh, I'm, we're going to write a letter, one page, A3, or A5 letter to someone every day that we're grateful for. And by the end of the week, we have to tell at least one of those people what we meant. And the real challenge of this is not necessarily being grateful for stuff, is not being a corny dickhead when you try and do this. We have to do this in an authentic way and not be, because, you know, this is so trendy. Just be grateful, blessed, hashtag life. Like, no. But yeah, I think it is probably healthy for me to be more grateful about stuff and stop being so cynical. So that's the plan. If you'd like to jump on board, please do. Send me your letters of gratitude or send them to someone else. Thank you so much for listening as always. Uh, Oh, I have very exciting news about a new potential live podcast coming up soon. And uh, yeah, enjoy this wonderful conversation with me and Priestess Desire. Thank you so much for coming, okay. and thank you for showing me your amazing dungeon today. Yes. That place is <laughs> fucking crazy. I still go in there and go, oh, my God. It is amazing, I'm, and thanks for doing that video with me. It'll be really cool. I, and for anyone listening to this, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I may or may not have posted a video by now, but it will be on my social media of the dungeon that Priestess took me through today, and it... I, every door we opened, every room that we walked around, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I, could, I um, couldn't control myself. It's called Haven 33 or Number 33. So two different names. Yeah, and they have, they have a Facebook page. That, oh, no, not a Facebook page. They have an Instagram page. Instagram website. Yeah. 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 And so your world. My world. <laughs> you, um, you were just saying before you like to operate in the shadows, and I mm-hmm. probably couldn't describe a better word for what you do. Yep. It's not necessarily, not even just that it's on the shadow of our normal functioning society on the front side, yep. but it's also exploring the shadow in people's psyche. Inside. Yeah. But to us, it's normal. Yeah. Like it's our world, and we walk in there, and that's completely normal. And then you come out in the real world, and you're like, oh, I can't talk about that. <laughs> people might judge me. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel people judge you a lot? Or do people, many people know what you do? Um, I have a few. It, I take a long time before I tell people. I kind of test the waters and go, do you think they'll be okay with this? Or I'll, I'll hint a little bit. Mm. So it's a process. I don't just come out and go, hey, look what I do. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. Yeah, you have it's to. It's a gradual thing and I'll go, oh, I think they'd be into it. I can talk about it. What kind of traits in people, like, are there certain traits in people or certain activities that people get up to that you're kind of like, oh, you might be into this? Open, non-judgmental, people that are quite aware of themselves, I guess, Mm. or people that have been through suffering, I'll often be like, oh, they're fine. 
handle it. What do you think that is? I was curious about this. I was talking to a fighter recently about mm-hmm. uh, what it is that draws them to Muay Thai, and what and I have noticed, not categorically, but consistently, mm-hmm. people that have been through pretty extreme trauma in their life, or psychological trouble, or domestic violence, or whatever, mm-hmm. tend to do really well in Muay Thai. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, fuck, if you have been in a situation where the person that's supposed to love you the most physically harms you, there's nothing much scarier than that, and whether it's your mom or yeah, your dad. It's like you've gone to the extreme and you you know, okay, I can survive that, so everything else I'm okay. Yeah, everything else is yeah, manageable. It's fine. So you were telling me on the phone that um, a lot of people that are in the kink community tend to get involved who have had trauma in their past. Not, um, not everybody. Some people just come in and want to have fun, but mm. there is, I suppose... We have talked about this a lot. Is this a really high proportion compared to the rest of the world? Not many people talk about it, so it's hard to tell, but we're a bit more open. So you hear about people's lives and you hear about people's traumas. So it's hard to... There's no test we've ever done to say this percentage of people have had trauma compared to normal society. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, Yeah, so it's not necessarily like a a disproportionate number of trauma victims are drawn to BDSM or to the kink community. But um, what I think was pretty fascinating, and I I guess more what I meant by that question, was that people who have experienced trauma in their past Mm -hmm. find the kink community a way to deal with the trauma and move past it. Yeah, it's a healing tool for a lot of people. Which, you know, it seems counterintuitive because it's like if you were abused in your past, the last thing you want to do is go and be tied up. And but... I guess I guess it's the control. Like when you're abused in a relationship, you've got no control, you're disempowered. Mm. When you're choosing to do something, you've got the power back. So you're like, I'm going to do this thing because I want to do this thing and yeah. I can stop this thing whenever I want to. So it's about getting back power. I think, yeah, for a lot okay. of people. Do you mind describing a little bit what the kink community is so that people who kink don't community. have any idea? <laughs> when, I, when I got into kink, I did it at home. So I met someone that was into foot fetish. So my journey was um, shoes and foot fetish and exploring that, and he was very submissive. And I suddenly went, I really like this part of myself. This is awesome. And then I went away from that relationship and went back into normal life. And I didn't know there was anything out there. I thought that was it. Like, we've all seen movies, but... Yeah. And and someone introduced me to the kink scene and I'm like, oh, my God, this thing's huge. There's so many things going on. There's so many events through the whole world. Wow. It's a massive community of people that all come together and share different things. When we... Like, so the, of the kind of activities, like, what are the main categories? Like, what are the activities that people do in a kink world? Um, so there's shibari, which is my passion, which is based on a Japanese form of um, rope bondage, which was used in war times for securing prisoners, for torturing prisoners, for marking them. Um, there's all sorts of history behind it, um, and we've adapted it now to an art form. Um, there's impact, which is flogging and caning and that kind of thing, discipline-based play. Um, medical, we've talked about medical where people use needles um, <laughs> in people's skin as a form of pain or for decorative work. Um, wax, anything that's sensation play we would consider, you know, mixing in with the kink. Okay. Yeah. So this is your, I mean, for the layman, it's, 
variations of the BDSM, bondage, sadomasochism, yep. and I guess what kind of got popularized, which I still haven't read this book by... Uh, I almost called it Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. We don't we don't like that book in the community. Oh really? Yeah. We what? we shun it. We haven't even I think I've watched part of it and I nearly vomited. I'm like, I cannot watch this. And and all of my friends, I don't think anyone's watched it. Oh, funny. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. But like when I watch surfing movies that are supposed yeah. to be about surfing and then you're like, ew, that would never Ugh. happen. So yeah. what is it that's gross about it? Like what have they got wrong? Um, we, we, we don't like as a community, there's not a lot of consent in the way that he manipulates her into oh, what okay. he wants. And that's really against our belief system. So we all kind of go, oh, it's making me uncomfortable. I don't like the way he's pushing her into this or he's making her sign this contract or he's making her do this or that. Ah, yeah, because as you said, it, it takes the power away. Like yeah. the whole point is to get that even power. And consent. So you, and it's consent. about consent. But he manipulates her into mm. a lot of things and we're like, yeah. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah. Um, okay, well, cool. Would well, you mind talking a little bit more about Shabari? That's really um, interesting. So this is the thing that we went to the workshop today yep. that I had a look at with you. So Shabari, it's it's a really easy way into the kink scene because it's non-threatening. Like people can come along, you can watch it, you don't have to get involved. Mm. And it's creative and beautiful and people are just like, oh, I like watching this. So it's, it's a good ease into the scene, I suppose. Okay. Um, I've been it's learning. The, it's the gateway kink. It's the gateway kink, yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of rope events all around Brisbane. There's probably four or five different teachers with big um, following. Mm. Um, we have people come from overseas, Japanese rope masters that come from overseas and teach as well. Oh, cool. And there's whole schools. Like there's um, a Kazami school and they teach Kazami-style rope. And he comes over from Japan and teaches new things. And um, and teaching specifically for the kink community or just in general people that want to learn this art form? Um, it's to well, torture the kink people. community. <laughs> it's all rope is a kink, I guess. Okay. Or it's an exploration of um, BDSM in a way. You've got the bondage and mm. the power exchange a little bit, but it doesn't always have to be that way. Sometimes okay. we just do it because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, it yeah, can okay. have dynamic or not have dynamic. Like we can have the dis, the dominant and the submissive or we're just two people doing rope. Okay. Um, or there can be a huge power exchange with, um, you know, grabbing someone and pushing them down and tying them up and that creates a different energy to just two friends tying each other because yeah, it's fun see, okay, and let's yeah. have a giggle and talk about people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. different elements of it for different people. It's pr- so, and pretty beautiful, some of the... It's ro- beautiful. Like, some of the ties that I've seen. Yeah. Like, I can't remember what they were called, but there was this one that looked like a like a really incredible spiderweb sort of pentagram mm. all around her whole body. Yeah. But it that's it, compromising. I mean, you are cocooned up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the one, uh, one photo I saw that you had your hands... Or you had tied someone whose mm-hmm. hands were like completely behind them and they were hung upside down. Yep. That is a really intense, vulnerable position to be in. Yeah. And that, that's called um, suspension when someone's suspended. Okay. And I trained for a whole year in rope before I did any suspension. It's really dangerous. Yeah. And the biggest problem we have coming into the scene is if people don't train properly mm. and they don't understand the risks of it it is ri- really risky yeah because you've got nerve damage and all sorts of things can go wrong there, there's a real problem with that with things being 
fringe, I suppose, or um, stigmatized that mm-hmm. you there's no like normal regulation on on training practitioners and how to do this. You know, yeah. like people could can just do anything and have a go and not know what the fuck. Bris- Brisbane is really strict on training we've got we're so blessed we have so many amazing teachers that are really passionate and the whole scene's really passionate about safety and if someone does something wrong again the whole community goes um hang on they're not trained or they're doing something unsafe yeah wow it's it's really in the the light so we do a lot of work to keep safe yeah okay um and so when so you do this, and would you say you're a dominatrix, or you used to be a dominatrix? Is that or is that a normal? I'm a term? dominatrix and a rigger, so I, I just do rope as well. Um, a pro dom, so I work professionally as well in lots of different fetishes. Yeah. What is that? What does that mean to be uh, a pro dom? A pro dom, so it's a professional or paid session of BDSM. Yeah, okay. So people have a kink, like a foot fetish, or they want to be tired, or they want to experience CBT. (laughs) (laughs) Cognitive behavioral therapy. (laughs) Cock and ball torture. Um, And they want to do it with someone that's safe, I guess, and professional, and they can just separate their life and go, I'm going to go and do this thing, and then I'll go back to my normal life. And what kind of, what uh, what reasons does... Do PR people drawn to you, do you think? Um, a lot of my clients are married and they've got these needs that aren't being met. So mm. it's easy for them to just go and pay someone and get their fix and then they can go back to their normal life. Yeah, okay. And it's not always sexual? No, no, not at all. Yeah. So a dominatrix or a traditional dominatrix, they don't see my body. Mm. I'm covered at all times. There's no rude bits out from me yeah and they will ask me at times and I'll be like no (laughs) you know your place you don't get that (laughs) um so you know it's a safe uh, I guess from a married point of view you can go and explore your pain or your submission or even domination there's pro subs as well oh really without the um relationship and you don't it's like you're not really crossing boundaries I'm not kissing I'm not having sex I'm not doing all these things but I can still explore my sexuality or my needs yeah okay and do you think would many of your clients would their partners know about this no nah so it is similar kind of mentally to them feeling like maybe going to go see a prostitute or something or yeah yeah Yeah, that's a struggle huh and I guess it's a hard thing like I I play hard I, I play really hard masochists come to me because they need to be pushed really hard. Mm. And it's hard to find someone that's safe to do that with. Yeah. So what, yeah, what, and what do you mean by that? Like how, <laughs> how hard? Um, well, I, I push, I, I enjoy hurting people and I like the exchange, but I, I need a masochist too. I don't like hurting people unless they like to be hurt. But pushing people's pain level to the point you know, where we stop and go, okay, that's enough. And just, they get totally lost in it. Wow. So this whole other world and they forget about their problems. They forget about their, their life outside of that room in that moment. Yeah. And me too. Like I'm just fully in it and I'm, I'm here right now with that person. Wow. And yeah, and not, yet- not everybody's saddest and masochist. That's 
one expression of BDSM. Yeah, okay. Um, God, that is so interesting. And and it was, I mean, very important to note that you said to me before that it gives you actual physical anxiety to hurt people on accident. Mm. That it's not it's not like you're walking around looking for victims. No, no. <laughs> I have I have this thing where I I didn't really have it before the kink scene, where I get body I call them aftershocks. So after I've had a scene or I've done some play, my whole body will um, it's like a spasm, mm. and I even get a vocal. I can be on the train if I've just had a session and it'll get the sound come out of my mouth like, oh, oh my God. Or my hands will clamp or my, my chest will jolt. And that's when I'm remembering what I've done. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like I've heard similar things with PTSD where people get the, the memory come back again. Mm, I get it. Yeah, we, I get it in fighting. Um, mm. at, like if I'm training for a fight, if you um, that week out from the fight or whatever, mm. if I have a, any dull moment where my brain is like if I'm driving and I'm not thinking all of a sudden I'll like Jolt. twitch or punch or something yeah. because I'm thinking that my body is like really physically preparing for battle. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that took a long time to get used to, but that's really bad, that reaction if I hurt someone accidentally. Yeah. Which has happened because we're, we're playing hard and sometimes you accidentally cross a boundary mm. and that might be someone's head hit something when I might have you know, push them to part of the room and they've bumped something and it can yeah. be really tiny and they're fine. Yeah, yeah. They're like, it's okay. But then I go, oh, my God, I've hurt them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I'm trying to hurt you. Relax. <laughs> but Stay I, there I and make me sure hurt you. I'm in control of the hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favourite kind of hurting? Um, I'm, I get a bit bored with doing one thing, so I like to be a bit more dynamic. Yeah, okay. And I like to move around that person and what they like. I get off more on what that person's enjoying. Yeah, that makes sense because mm. this is – you like to watch them. You like their experience. It's got to be two-way. Yeah. Like I, I, don't, I don't enjoy just flogging someone or caning someone if they don't enjoy it because I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm just – I'm bored. Yeah, yeah. Like I need to see movement and exchange and fear or whatever. I need something back. That's yeah, what feeds me. And it's interesting that you guys use the term play because it is you both need to be playing the game. If, yeah. if you, either one of you checks out of the game, it's kind of like, wait, what are we doing? Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to keep going? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, stereotypically there's always like the, the term the safe word or whatever. Is that actually yeah. a thing? Do you really Yeah, we have yeah. safe words and that's really important. Um, not so much with people like my husband and I, we don't use safe words because I know him so well. Mm. I can just look at him and go, okay, he needs to stop or he'll just say stop. I'm, I'm getting, he doesn't, but he would. Yeah. yeah. Um, but people that you, you're not so familiar with, you definitely need a safe word and that needs to be talked about before any play. So we, we understand what what that is and so you kind of come up with a little bit of an agreement a well, major agreement really much. good communication is essential and we, we really push that as a community mm. you sit down with that person before you play and go what do you like what's your limits mm-hmm. how do you react if, if you're having anxiety what does that look like what do I do if that happens yeah because if, they, if they're having anxiety and they can't speak or something then you yeah. gotta know right what, what's your what what's what should I expect if you're in a happy place? Are you going to pass out and I'll just let you be nonverbal? Or, you know, if you scream, does that mean we want to stop? Or are you happy in the screaming? So we, we've got to really figure yeah. out what, what makes people tick. 
this is amazing. Like, you really have to rewrite your normal social cues. Yeah. Because the whole point of the game is to draw out pain, which normally under normal circumstances would stop the... But even even expression, like, people just to completely let go of themselves and just be what they want to be and giving them a safe space to do that. Like, that's really important. I've had people bawling their eyes out, like, really loud, just full-blown heart sobbing and I, I don't stop because we've talked about that that's fine yeah and I'll just hold space for that to carry on <laughs> and other people might be going are they okay but we've got we've already talked about it we've got our safe word I know that that person will say red is usually the safe word or we use the traffic lights yeah, green okay. is good orange is like eh, yeah it's a bit hard or I'm getting a bit on the edge red is stop yeah, okay. So you, you, you let people express until that point. But we also, we, we care enough that, you know, some people might not be able to talk. Like what if they're just in overload and they can't even think of a safe word? So you've got to be connected enough and yeah. aware enough to say, are you okay? Can I keep going sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't ruin the game to, to like stop for a second and be like, doesn't are you matter. okay? There's yeah. no, we, that safety is always first. Yeah. And, and we really stress that if you if you have to cut someone down in the middle of an amazing rope scene, you just do it. Like we don't care about how bad that looks. If, if someone's watching, it doesn't matter. That's, yeah. We just do it. Get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I imagine like especially being so fringe and being so, um, I says, counterintuitive to what our normal um, social model is yeah. that, yeah, if you have one poisonous thorn in there, it could really put a bad name for everybody. Yeah, it does. Huh. <laughs> yeah. And and I guess, I mean, that brings us to a good point is that I asked you before and I, and I was hoping to get the listeners to be able to hear this, that, um, that I was curious if somebody who has a tendency for violence or a propensity to violence, mm-hmm. if they're drawn to the kink scene because they want to be able to express violence or have violence put against them, are we fetishizing, are we causing danger by fetishizing violence, by allowing it to continue? Yeah. I, I was talking about how we have had people that come into the scene that are quite aggressive in their natural behaviour, um, mm. domestic violence, just I'm going to use the word assholes because that seems to fit the best. Yeah. And they come in and think, oh, I'm really tough. I can, I can hurt girls. I'm, I'm being very sexist here. But yeah. it's been the main thing I've seen, so Mostly. it's easy to express. Um, and the community doesn't accept that. Like we're, huh. we're very fierce about protecting our community. Um, and a lot of these people come in, they've got no skill. They don't understand what they're doing with their implements um, they don't communicate. They can be quite pushy. With mm. they're, they're usually quite pushy, especially with the girls. Okay. Um, and, and we're very protective. Like we, we know when people like that come in and, and they will either get pushed out or get the opportunity to, hey, that's not okay, come in and learn and do the right thing. So we don't always shut the door. Mm. We always try and help sometimes. <laughs> yeah. We just have to shut the door. But some people, they just don't know. And they're not necessarily violent, but they think that they're doing the right thing because they, like you say, it looks violent. Yeah, so they think, oh, I can oh, come and do goes. that thing. Mm. But they haven't really had a good understanding of the true nature of the power exchange and the consent and all of that. So, And do you mind talking a little bit about the, the nature of yeah. the power exchange? Like, so what yeah. what is that? Because there is a really beautiful, subtle something going on under there and I I use beautiful because 
I, I think exploring the fucking inner crazy weirdness of everybody's mm-hmm. mind is incredible. I yeah. love the <laughs> idea that we are this like fucking lava. <laughs> we, are, we are volcanoes of lava yeah. that are just constantly splurting out shit all the time. Yeah. And we express ourselves in super weird ways. You know, like my, my dad didn't like my drawing when I'm a kid, so I become a Muay Thai fighter. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we have yeah. these expulsions of like, oh, I'll fuck you, I'll do this. Yeah. And so, I mean, all of these are, these activities are all expressions of this internal battle we have to be a human being yeah and so the subtleties underneath what bdsm is it's not just like ah these are just freaks trying to get their rocks off yeah. it's it's something else and what what do you how do you um, describe it? my husband and i were talking about that on the way up here and our vision of it as a pro don i get a lot of men message me and say I want you to do this to me and then I want you to do that to me and then I want you to and then I'm going to be your slave and then and I want you to do this and I'm like okay now what's in that for me mm. hard work <laughs> yeah. you know like they've given me a list they've told me what they want and they're projecting onto anyone they don't know me mm. like do you trust me do you know me what am I getting for it which is the complete opposite of submission submission is giving the dominant like a powerful person going, I will trust you enough to bow down at your feet. And my husband and I have that relationship where it's very equal. It doesn't look that way. Right. <laughs> I make decisions for a lot of things in our life, but he's willingly giving me that power because he trusts me and because I'm a whole person and he's a whole person. Mm. So, so he doesn't, you don't feel like he needs you to make him complete. It's yeah. just that you're the yin to his yang. It's yeah, yin and yang. And and if you if you have someone come at you with an empty vessel, so if they've got holes in them and weakness and they want to take your energy to fill those holes, that to me is not submission. That that's a selfish kind of yeah, sort of parasitic. Me, parasitic energy. Mm. And I don't like playing with people like that. I won't play with people like that. That's interesting. So, because I was, that was a question I was going to ask you is like, from my own personal, like, I walked into that place and I was so excited by all this stuff. It's like beautiful and shiny and crazy and scary and everything was kind of overwhelming. And I thought, I don't, I can't see myself in this situation because I'm not attracted to a man that's submissive. Mm -hmm. But I also, have this element of me that likes to be in control. Like I really love the way it feels to use my body physically. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. I don't really like f- the feeling of hitting other people, mm-hmm. but it is really fun to box hard with other people that are doing it back with you, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's playful to us. Like we, And there's a kink. There is a kink for that. Yeah, because <laughs> it looks Scary, I guess, from yeah. the outside. Like anyone that comes to our community would be like, what in the fuck? I've seen Muay fighting and I've seen women Muay fighting. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. right? But my, my husband is a really powerful man in his life. Like he's a manager of many people. He's mm. really in control of himself. He's got, you know, healthy and strong. And when he's at work, he's the boss of everybody. Huh. So to me, like he's not a submissive man as such. But he will submit to me because that's our power exchange. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm like people look at me and think, oh, you're really nice and gentle. And I am. But then when I'm in that dominant role, I can pull out that powerful side of me. Similar to fighting, I imagine. Mm, okay. Like you can be a really nice person. 
but if if you're in the fight mode, it's it's a whole other part of you coming out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. you feel like a different animal. Like yeah. I, and and there's an odd sensation about that that sometimes makes me feel a bit nervous. That it's like, who was that? What just yeah. happened there? But but I never like I think if it does show the dark shadow of what the human animal is capable of Mm -hmm. in a way that, like, we all have to accept that that's inside all of us. Yeah. And the more that we kind of suppress that that's in our nature or judge other people for having that inside their nature, Mm -hmm. we're basically just denying that it exists in us. It's just finding healthy expressions. Like, if we're in a war, like, you're going to fight for your life and your family, and that's accepted, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to go around and... Do it. Do it just because we yeah. feel tough. So it's all about expression and safe expression and and consent. Like you're standing in a ring with someone. Yeah, because you, they want to be You're agreeing that you're going to hurt each other. It's not much different really to what we do. Yeah. It, that's really interesting because I, I, there's so many parallels actually. It's, it's mm. odd. I can't believe how many, like everything yeah. you're saying. I'm like, yeah, that's what it's like. And my, my husband's, I think, and a lot of men, a lot of professional men, would they're so in control of everything all the time I've got to make the decisions I've got all these people relying on me and for them to submit it's it's I can completely let go like I I don't have to make a decision I can just be there and Mm. she's got me like that's that's the feeling they get from it like I'm and I want to please her and make her happy and she's she'll make the, the decisions about everything so it's almost like a release from normal life yeah okay yeah and ah, oh, that's interesting. So you kind of almost are inverted in in outside life to inside life. Yes, yeah. <laughs> not always, but a lot of people. And so, is there ever a point where you let him tip the scales the other direction um, and like tie you up, or depends how how expressive you want to be right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, in in our everyday life, um, as husband and wife, if things go bad, or I'm sick, or I can't. Mm. handle things he'll just step up like I'll yeah, just say yeah. I need you to just drive this for a while I can't do it right now and he'll make all the decisions and do what needs to be done and yeah. that's why I like him because I'll be like I don't want to be in control all the time yeah okay yeah. yeah so that sounds like a pretty healthy normal yeah it's exchange. healthy normal um he doesn't get dominant ever sexually except if I'm really like lost in the moment he'll be like <laughs> he's like oh, I can sneak in there and take control for a second yeah, you're like, nah. but- <laughs> and it's usually with a big smile. He's like, <laughs> but not not in a dominant way. Yeah, yeah. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. I I think that many women have. Well, I think probably it's very normal reaction. The reaction that I had when I was in there that I was like, uh, I want to be dominated mm-hmm. by a man because I like I want. I want to feel, I, th- I think maybe because I've been like quite an independent kid my whole life and independent mm-hmm. through my whole life that I liked, I need to be in control of things all the time. Yeah. And I think it would be really nice sometimes to have somebody to just not make decisions. And- yeah. And just have someone totally like in the bedroom. This is sharing a lot now. <laughs> we are sharing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I like the idea that that person is in control, but not so in control that I can't do something too. So I'm in conflict with myself about what I want. Why well, going into that dungeon was so confusing because so I was sitting there like, wait, do I want to be on the wheel or do I want to be the one cracking yeah. the whip? Like, which one, which one do I want? Because I can't there's, imagine. There's switch. You can switch. You don't have to be one or the other. Ah, so yeah. you can just 
go with whatever you're feeling on well, the there day. Well, there is, it's called a switch, so people that switch. And even in relationship, people, if they're both switches, will take turns. Like, yeah, I want to okay. be dominant today, and then you can be submissive or... Mm, which is okay. confuses me because I can't cope with that. I'm like, I'm dominant. That's yeah. me. I don't want to get confused with like, because it takes my power away. I'm like, I don't know what I want to be right now. Like, it confuses yeah. me. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. So I need to have that set role, but not everybody does. Yeah, mm. okay. Well, no wonder you're a professional at this. Mm. So it makes sense that that would be the path you choose. <laughs> that's you know? what I'm doing. <laughs> you can't really be wishy-washy in no. your position. no, no. And I have, um, like, in my past life, I was, I can't, how do I say it? I was in abusive relationships, so I was pushed mm. down a lot. And I'm quite a powerful being, I believe. Mm. But, I, like, men would just take me and crush me and control me and in a bad way. Oh. And for me to get from that to where I am now, it was, it was really healing for me to go, no, I can do this. Like, I don't have to be broken down. Yeah. To be accepted. Do you feel like having those experiences helped teach you to get through them? Um, teach? I don't understand the question. Well, see, this is a, a, a gross question because it's not a nice question. It's like that, I, that thought that like having shitty experiences in your life, you know how everyone says this thing, like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes. There's definitely. that. But from somebody who's never suffered ever in to say something like that, it can come across really callous. Like, how mm-hmm. the fuck would you know? I'd yep. rather it did kill me because of how bad it's left me feeling or whatever, you know? Like, yep. um, But in saying that, like, if you hadn't experienced that kind of powerlessness, would you have been compelled to find more power in yourself? No. And I, I do healing as part of my vanilla job. So I, I mm. do kinesiology and I work with... Um, spiritual energies a lot and the best way I can explain it there's a thing called the map of consciousness okay so when you're in um an abusive relationship or completely powerless you're right at the bottom and that's like apathy and fear and you can't move from there like people in domestic violence Mm. situations they're they're completely paralyzed and to get past that into healing you've got to go through all the other emotions to try and get through and the last one you get to is anger and that's what breaks you out of it so you've got to get the power inside of you enough to get angry to get away and how do you go about doing that well I I just did it gradually like bodybuilding (laughs) was my thing I just got strong I thought if my muscles are strong my emotions will be strong and I'll keep I'll keep my chest out like it was Mm -hmm. very physical for me yeah, that makes that makes a yeah. lot of sense. We have a lot of people that come to the gym for that reason too. And spiritual they want to learn to as fight. well, like just finding understanding, I guess, of where I was and why I was there and what I needed to learn from it. Mm. So for me, being a mistress is it's so freeing. I'm like, I, I can make all the decisions. Like I, I don't have to do what you say if I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was healing for me in that way, and then in other ways, it's healing for people to be submissive because it gets. Um, if they've had trauma or they've been treated badly, they get to enjoy being, I suppose, their nature might be to be more submissive but be treated nicely for that rather than Yeah, like you know that it's going to stop. Damaging them on purpose, yeah. Like yeah. that it, this isn't uh, am I going to die tonight? This is I can, I can learn to trust that this person will stop when I ask or that they are going to stay within the boundaries. Yeah, and that's powerful for them too to have that. Wow. That moment of like I've got I've got my safe word. 
Yeah, and, and they can get completely lost in it. And they, I've seen so many people heal from really bad places. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty amazing. It seems yeah. like such an unusual. Well, but it's from the outside, it seems like an unusual way to do it. But um, I think I was talking to you about this on the phone. That what their understanding about MDMA psychotherapy is that mm. kind of exact thing that um, you create a safe environment to go back to traumatic experiences and re-experience the traumatic experiences without mm. the shame and fear and horror of it. And it allows your brain to kind of re... So rewriting the story. Yeah. It's sort of yeah. like if you imagine your... I, the best way I've kind of th- had thought about this, and it's probably come from somebody else. I can't remember who. But like if you're driving on a four-wheel drive track to get to a beach mm-hmm. over and over and over again, every time you drive over that track, it's going to get more and more rutted out. Yeah. And say you're driving on that track one day and the truck rolls over mm-hmm. and then you have a big, huge pothole there. You had to dig the truck out and the truck is all damaged. You know, I had a big problem. The next time you go to drive down that road, you go, fuck it, I can't go to the beach. Yep. I'm not going to the beach because it's way too scary and I'm never going to get through that hole. That's yep. what PTSD is, yep. more or less, inside your brain. So there's like a memory in there that is so fucking traumatizing that every time you go up to that memory, mm-hmm. as soon as you start getting to it or anything similar to it or even leading on the way towards it, yep. you experience the same crash over and over. Yep. And so what they're saying with MDMA, it's almost like so you have these chemicals in your system that operate like maybe like a hovercraft and mm-hmm. so then you go back to the memory, but this time you're in a hovercraft. So you kind of go above the hole and you have a look at it and you go, oh, wow, there's actually a few other paths well, off it, of it that. It opens up the whole brain. So you're using all of your brain instead of that trauma. Yeah, just that brain. little center. And it yeah. turns off your sort of, I guess, your primal amygdala response, like that fear yeah. response. Yeah. And so then by just observing it from, say, the, the MDMA hovercraft, you're yeah. on this little pinger like, wee, yeah. <laughs> sitting on top of it. And then just by being on top of it like that, then you can start to rewrite the neural pathways that go over it and pave over the memory. So then the next time you go back in your truck, you can drive right over yep. the hole. And, and I, I find spirituality can do that too. Like if you can have deeper understanding about mm. what, you know, what your part of it is and what their part of it is and like the soul journey together, like that was a lot of my healing as well. Yeah, and I, and I suppose like with that comes compassion and empathy, understanding mm. that everyone has got a story. Yeah. And they're kind of playing their part in their story. And we've all done shitty things. Fuck, yeah. (laughs) But it's the ability to actually face yourself and question those things and say, how can I do better? How can I be better? Mm. And and looking at the mirror and saying, that's not okay. But forgiving yourself and being able to move forward. Mm. Do you know that's amazing? Every person I've talked to that does difficult things on Mm -hmm. this podcast every single time it always comes back to personal responsibility self-reflection and personal responsibility nobody ever achieves things by being a victim no and that that's where i guess the scene's been useful because we've got we've we've got all these guidelines we're following and we're we're trying to improve we're trying to be better at what we're doing like we're not in there just if we hurt someone, like I said, if I get the jolt, it's because I've hurt somebody. Mm. I go, okay, I won't do that again, but I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm not going to hate myself for it. Whereas in the past I might have said, oh, my God, I said this thing and now everyone's going to hate me. And yeah. you go into that spiral of anxiety and bad thinking where now I can go, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you've kind of developed this. But how can I get better? How can I do better? Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty amazing thing to get into a professional industry where your job is to constantly push people to their limit. Mm. And it's it's hard sometimes cuz like people don't want to crack. They don't 
Some people you get in a room and you're like, I, I've got no idea how to get in there. Like, so there's a lot of mind games as well. Like, how can I get into that little space where I need to be for you to let go? So oh, you kind wow. of gotta... So this is like your challenge mm -hmm. is to get someone to crack. In a way, open. or just to let go, just yeah. to let go of all the, the constraints they hold on themselves. Can you give me an example of something like that? Um, I can probably tell you the one where I've had the hardest time would be a good example. So I had someone who um, wanted to submit but had grown up, you know, being the dominant and the man. And there's so many blocks there. Like even when I'm trying to get in, he'd be like, oh, no, you need to do this. So every time I tried to dominate him, he'd take over and go, oh, no, I can't do that because of this. So it was like you can't submit to me if you make all the decisions. You need <laughs> to completely let go. So and I couldn't crack him. What would what would be the kind of things that you'd be trying to do to him? Um, I do. Before I meet a client, I hand them, um, I send out a questionnaire. So I have all the kinks on there, everything I can do. So really detailed, like I like gag or material gag or latex gag or I like this butt plug or that butt plug or it's really detailed and then I have another column that's like I really want to try this this is a soft limit for me so a soft limit is like kind of interested but sometimes it can be a bit much or that's a hard limit so before I have a session with someone I really study that and go okay where they, they look like they really want to try this thing, but they're not sure about it. So I might put a little bit of that in there. And this is a hard limit I'm, I really put in my head. I'm not going to do these things. And that can be something like choking or face slapping. Yeah. Something that's like, okay, that's going to trigger me. I don't like that. Or I just don't like it. So I have that first, um, usually a conversation as well. So I have a little bit of an idea. Can we even get along enough to do a session? Because some people it's really hard. If you've got no connection, it's really hard to do a session. I bet, man. And I can do all the things, but it's not going to be fulfilling for them mm. or me. So um, I kind of know in my head before I get in there what I'm going to do. Okay. Um, and I always start with a bit of gentle stuff first just to test the waters. So tie them up, a bit of sensation, add in a little bit of pain, just see the response. And you just kind of work into it gradually. Okay. I don't just get in there and go, rah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to hurt you. So it's always, it's a bit like foreplay, I guess, with sex. You're going to do a bit of teasing. You're going to do a little bit of that, a bit of giggling yeah. and, and just work into it. Okay. But then I adapt to them. Like I don't, I'm not going, I'm going to do this, 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 and then the session's over. It's like yeah, I've sure. got all these ideas and I'm like, I kind of flow with the person. Okay. Yeah. And so that kind of commands that you'd be given, I would be like, you sit down now because I'm going to do this to you. If they're, um, and you also have to find it, do they want to be treated like that? Do they want to be controlled? Do they want degradation? Do they want to be equal with you? Like some people don't want to submit to you, but they want the sensation or the pain. So I'm going to treat them oh. differently and that someone that wants degradation and control. And do people want that? Do people like, do you like have clients that want you to, to tell them that they're a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. I want you to call me this and that and call me names and, yeah. Wow. I, don't, I don't enjoy that kind of play. That's not the way I play. Yeah, I would struggle with yeah. that. I find that really hard. I and that doesn't seem like your nature either. I don't like um, fake play, I guess. Like some mistresses are very into the role play and mm. that's all they do, but I can't do it because I feel like I'm lying. Yeah, that'd be gross. Yeah, yeah you're acting. So I'm, I'm more like a sensual sadist I describe myself as. So I'm very close and connected and 
almost emotionally in with them the whole time. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I can do a bit. Like I'm like push them down, but it's more, mine's more with my body. Like I might push them a certain way or press against them and it it can be really subtle, but really powerful for them. Yeah. Okay. If you're tied up and blindfolded and you don't know what's happening and you've got all this adrenaline and even just pushing on them a certain way with your leg can make them go all (laughs) yeah, and give them that feeling of being controlled. Yeah. Mm. So that's my play. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like I worked with another mistress who it was all really – she was very cold and very separate. Mm. And, and, and it's like, do this, no, do that, no, do this, and now I'm going to do this to you. And I kind of get to the end and go, okay, we've done all the things, but there's no connection. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that mm. doesn't seem like a, a, as psychologically fulfilling. It seems yeah. that – yeah, I don't know. In my... Some guys need that too or some people need that, just separate. They don't want to open up. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, it's, pro- it's probably mm. the difference between someone that, like, really likes watching horror movies and someone who would, like, love to read a psychological thriller. Yeah. You know, like someone that really wants to get into, like, the creepy tingles. Like and that, yeah. yeah. Horror and confusion. Like, like somebody mm. that really enjoys Black Mirror versus someone that watches Scream or yeah. whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with either one of them, but, like, that I, like, for me, Black Mirror... Have you ever seen that series? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It messes with your head. I always watch it in the middle of the night when I shouldn't be watching it. Yeah, it's the worst time. <laughs> yeah. So I lay in there and I go, is this reality or not? Yeah. Um, but, like, that kind of thing, I love that idea. It, it terrifies me, but I also almost like to go into that horrible worst fear. It's like eating strong weed cookies and then gone, oh, fuck. Now I'm, I'm in a- trouble for the next five hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to dissolve. And then after you come out of it, you're kind of like, damn. Mm. That's something that's an experience that, like, you don't get. It's rare to get that out of control in a mm. normal environment. And there's something about the human being, I think, that likes that vacation from itself. Yeah. You know, and I think, and that's probably why a lot of people drink, too. And, and probably why I've gone away from drinking is the more in touch I get with myself... Uh, and more I try to understand myself, the less I want to numb it. I don't drink now either. Quit. Mm. Yeah, because I feel like I feel I just don't have any authentic experiences when I'm drinking mm-hmm. because the whole time I'm hiding something, I'm running away from something, I'm hiding behind it. And, what, and even though my fucking stupid social awkwardness is horrible, I don't yeah. like it. I hate the way I feel when I'm in a public place yeah. and everyone's having a good time. But you get to challenge life. that all the time, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. And... and the more I'm doing it, the more I can kind of see... I, I guess I'm just becoming more familiar with myself. Mm. And it's like, oh, this is well, who I am. to sit in the uncomfortable feelings and say it's okay. Like I'm, I might feel uncomfortable right now but that's okay Mm. like everyone feels uncomfortable at times and the scene's really big with that people go oh I can't come out because I'm I have social anxiety or I'm scared of people and half the people are like that when they first come in and it's okay just sit in the corner and watch if you need to you don't have to do things yeah, I was amazed at how nice and friendly everybody was everyone was so nice my my first experience with um going to a club I, I contacted a place um, Hellfire, so they, they run in Brisbane. And I remember talking to them and going, what's going to happen when I walk in the door? Because I didn't know what would happen. Are people going to grab me? Are people yeah. going to want to flog me? Am I going to have any say in anything? I had no idea. And my first event I went to, I'd met people beforehand and we were all new, most of us were new, at someone's house and we all went together. 
And it was so different. And they're all like really normal people, happy people, connected yeah. people. Yeah. Do you mind describing one of these parties? Um, yeah. So most party, there's different places are different. So my, the place where we went to today, um, number 33 is the party name. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we have themed parties. So once a month is a different theme. Um, they just had back to school. So everyone wore little girls, you know, short skirts and then the guys wore their ties all crooked and dressed up that way. Um, and then we have music playing. People bring their own alcohol, usually one or two drinks, not a big drinking thing. Yeah, because he was saying it's not at all a big drinking community. No. Some, yeah. of, some places are, but there's people that like to do that. I won't go to them as much. Mm. Um, and then it's kind of a bit social at the beginning. People just talk and chat and don't do a lot. And it takes about an hour to warm up and then someone will start doing some flogging and then everyone will watch and then someone will start doing something else and then everyone will be like, oh, I want to do stuff. And as the night goes on, more and more people get into play and people watch you. So we're all exhibitionists, <laughs> all of us. <laughs> and some people get off on that feeling of as a submissive being watched like without any choice. Yeah. For my okay. husband, he that's his thing. He likes being like no control about what I do to him. I, I do everything and everyone's watching. So yeah, it's wow. kind of a bit exciting. There is, a, as crazy as this, it sounds like on the surface as submissive, you're like, God, that's so weak. But actually there's like an insane amount of confidence to be like, everybody watch my wife do whatever the fuck she it's, wants to I make. think it's harder to be submissive than a top in a lot of ways because you're exposed. Wow, like you're being yeah. pushed into your limits <laughs> all the time in front of everybody and crying, whatever you're going to end up like. That's a lot of courage. Like I yeah, bow down to actually... submissives. Like they're, there's a lot of courage in that expression. Yeah. Mm. I have a real problem with being vulnerable. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> real problem. Yeah, I'm realizing this more and more. The more I see about myself, the more like I I always am at the first second to like oh wait get control get control. Yeah, and like if I post stupid shit like this, like I post a podcast and then I'll sit there and for the whole afternoon I'll just my heart hurts and I feel yeah. naked. I feel uncomfortable. I don't know what people are thinking. Yeah. And then as the week goes on, like people are always writing me messages like oh fucking that was great, you know. And then I'm like. Yeah. Okay, I'm okay. What? But each week, there's always the same amount of panic. Yeah. Every time, because they're and I don't, I'm doing something tiny on the internet like this. Having a, so you're we're talking. You said 160 160 people. 160 was that the last one at this party. So potentially 160 kind of friends, maybe strangers. Some people mm. you know are watching you get the shit beat out of you by somebody or whipped or, or watching you someone make you come with a blindfold on. Like, wow. Yeah. So what kind of stuff else goes on in the party? So, um, Well, the, the number 33 is fairly new, so there was a lot of new people. Um, some of the swingers crowd came in and they, they don't haven't had a lot of BDSM in their life, but they're quite brave. Like they'll get up and take their clothes off and play and, and everyone had a really good time. <laughs> um, and then there's some parties you go to where everyone is really respectful and they keep their clothes on and there's a little bit of play but no nakedness or sexuality expressed so they're all different okay but 33 it was really cool because everyone got their clothes off and everyone was like fully engaged in play and everyone was watching and it was really really nice environment how do you deal with 
sexual advances from someone that you're not interested in? Um, I don't deal with it at all. <laughs> I'm really... Uh, I've been to places not in um, Queensland. I've never been treated like that. Um, Sydney and Melbourne, I've been to places where you, you get pushed. Like mm. a guy will just walk up and stick his cock in your face and it's like, hello, Whoa. who are you, what's your name, nice to meet you. Like there's no, it's kind of like, here's my cock. I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do with that? Like, <laughs> I don't know you. Yeah. We're not like that here so much. We're okay. friends or you know people. and Yeah, yeah. so that's a tough one. So how, do you, um, how do you react to it? Like do you? Here or down there? I guess in general. Um, I, if I'm, I, I kind of got the theory of when I'm, I'm in Rome, you know, if, if they're like that, I don't get offended. I'll, I'll maintain my boundaries, but I'm not going to cry and go, I'll just like, oh, no, victim. no, thank you, not interested. Yeah. But if that happens in Queensland, then it's a bit different because we're like, um, hang on, you know the rules, like what are you acting like that? Oh, for? I got what you're saying. Okay, yep, yeah, yep. So here so, it would upset me more than there because I know the people that I play with, we've all got really strong boundaries. Yeah. So if someone crosses that, you get quite like, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey, hang on a second, we've already discussed this. Yeah. Huh. And, and so your husband, do you guys have sex with other people? Um. So I will bring people into the relationship um, for play. We have blanket consent in our relationship. He will never say no if I like it. Okay. But I know that. So I, and also know there's a huge responsibility with that and I do take that really seriously. Yeah, okay. Like I could do a lot of things to him and probably mess him up, but right. I know how to work our dynamic safely and I'll never push that too far. So you you know that this is something that he actually is not being psychologically traumatized. No. He's, he's, he's getting... He's excited because it's, yeah. it's like we're pushing into this real full-on dynamic where he gets to fully submit. Yeah. Um, he hasn't got choice, but that's his submission is to fully submit and that's how I get him there. Wow. Um, we have had a third female in our dynamic for about a year, another submissive female. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's poly, a lot of poly stuff goes on in the kink community where yeah, people yeah. have their primary relationship or poly relationships, polyamorous. Mm, mm. So we, we've had that. And, and you, I guess you don't have to really worry about jealousy in your situation in particular because the lines are so clear, but yeah. does, um, does jealousy come up very often? Like, Jealousy's do you have... a human thing. It's always going to oh, be there. Tough, huh? And I think people have to challenge it all the time. Mm. But if, if people are honest and communicate, like what, if, if a guy says, okay, I really want to really have sex with another woman because that's who I am, if he was in a normal relationship, he might go and cheat mm. or do it anyway and then hurt people. But in you know, an agreed situation with a polyamorous relationship, we've talked about this, we know the boundaries, I know when you're going, I know when you're coming home. It's safer. Yeah. And people live like that all the time. Mm. And do you feel like it helps you? I, I, so there are some arguments that this, that polyamory makes you feel closer to each other because you've got nothing to hide and you also know that the, I guess the union between you is bigger than everything else. So your own personal gratification, mm-hmm. as long as that you're maintaining a symbiotic relationship, then it doesn't matter who you're getting gratified by because the team 
is the thing that's important. Yeah, and, and honesty. Like my, my biggest fear in my whole life was men cheating on me huh. and every guy I was with cheated on me. Yeah, wow. Everyone. So you were seeking it out almost psychologically. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, you attract what you fear. Yeah, wow. And now I don't fear it. I'm like, like he, he won't go and seek anyone because he's a submissive, so he won't do that. Mm. But I can see him with other people and I'm completely fine. Like I have mm. no je- I actually enjoy it. I'm like, mm. I like watching him with other women if I've chosen it as part of our dynamic. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And if you hadn't chosen it, that would be a, like a break in your agreement pretty much. I can't do it. Yeah. yeah. It traumatizes me if the thought of him being with someone else behind my back or anything. Yeah, that'd be pretty fucked. Yeah. Well, and that makes sense. I mean, that's the constitution of the person that you are. Mm. And it would be interesting to see if your dynamic could ever shift the opposite direction. I wonder, I mean, obviously it'd be pretty confronting for you because it's a total contrast to what you know as who you are. Yeah. But I think, I, I mean, those kind of things happen a lot. I just had yesterday a friend point something out to me that I hadn't quite considered. And I was reeling. You know, I, I got the train back from Brisbane. I was sitting there and I was like, I need to eat chocolate. Yeah. You know, just that yucky, uncomfortable feeling like, fuck, this dynamic has changed mm-hmm. and I need to address it. I need to deal with it, but I don't really know how. Yeah. I don't know how to face it. Sometimes I think when your expectation of what something's supposed to be like or the way things used to be and then they're not the same or, so, you know, these changes happen to you and it's like, fuck. Isn't it just communication though, like being able to be honest about yeah. 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 And, and having people around you that you can be honest with that are going to, yeah, absorb information and listen to you objectively, but also give you critical feedback. Yeah. Because I think we don't have these kind of earthquake moments about ourselves if people don't question you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If they're just trying to please you just to be a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in our, in our scene, communication is key. And I think if the whole world took on that, like, every relationship you have, everyone that you engage with, if you can just be fully honest with them, mm. the world would be a beautiful place. And yeah, the, it wouldn't change everything. I've seen all my friends naked. I've seen their butt. I've seen them do this and that. Like, there's <laughs> no boundary anymore. It's yeah. like, I'm not sexually attracted to them. I've seen them do everything, but they're, I've seen it all. So it's kind of like half of the wall's already gone Yeah, with day-to-day engagement with people that's interesting too because a lot of the thing that makes us want to cheat is like the promise of something new and hidden and exciting Mm. and like I know I've done that before like when I was when I've cheated on an ex like I've kissed somebody else and the moment that I kiss that person like all leading up to it you get like full tingles and adrenaline and stuff and so then the moment you kiss that person you're just flooded with this like insane amount of adrenaline but then it hits hard it crashes hard because you go oh fuck I just fucked up and you can't really enjoy that moment anymore but also I think it tricks your brain into thinking like I really like this person because it's it's the fear of getting caught that makes you feel that way it's not that you really like them that much it's like the fear of the naughtiness the grass is always greener yeah. And I, like when I met my husband, I took him to an event and there's this gorgeous girl, like her ass was up in the air and I saw him trying to look and then I'd look at him and he'd look away Aww. and I'd be like, you can look at it. It's beautiful. And he'd be like, okay. <laughs> Cause it's like men are so used to getting in trouble. Like there's women are beautiful. And yeah. if you look at them, the wife's going to get upset. Mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't devalue me. I know he loves me. And if you, if you see something pretty, it, it's beautiful. Enjoy it. 
Yeah, that takes a lot of mm. confidence. That takes a lot mm. of personal confidence to be able to relax yeah. with that. Well, I'm in- perving. He can perf, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only fair. But because we're all we're exposed that way, like it's it's all there to be seen and enjoyed. Mm. And and he said that too. It's not like the mystery is not there anymore. And yeah, it's like what's what's on the other side. I can see it all here. Yeah, I can see everything that is on mm. offer and I'm still happy with what I've got. Yeah. And even if I wasn't happy with what I've got, I've got the choice to leave. Yeah. You know, like, because yeah. that's the thing, like, this this whole, like, feeling trapped that you can't mm. escape in a situation because you can't talk about it and all the misses. Yeah. Like, there's nothing grosser to me than the term, all oh, the old ball and chain. Yeah. And yeah. it's like... You put yourself there. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. You know what I mean? You weak cunt. Yeah. Don't call her the ball and chain. You fucking walk out if you're not yeah. happy. How exciting are you to live with? Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you if yeah. that's the way you are and you're out with the boys every weekend talking about yeah. the ball and chain and she drags you down, it's like, go fuck yourself. Be alone. Yeah. Because you're not a contributing member of no. this and team. And they're, they're, they're the ones that are not putting into the relationship to get their needs met either. They're just right. saying, I'm not listened to, therefore I will cheat. Instead of working on the relationship and being mm. vulnerable and honest and raw. Yeah. It's hard though, huh? And we're not perfect. Like the kink Fuck. scene is not perfect at all. There's a lot of drama and there's humans and things go wrong all the time. What kind of stuff? Well, like jealousy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can or, imagine that. Well, that person, nice. you know, tied with me and now they're tying with them and you get hurt watching it and like there's all sorts of stuff goes on. Yeah, who's doing better? Who yeah. gets me more? Or, or like a new dominant will come in and then all the other dominants like, oh, who's this person? Yeah, yeah. They're How getting all the pretty you? girls. <laughs> <laughs> so that we're still, there's a lot of problems, but I think as a community, as a whole, like we, we're always trying to work on them and trying to make it better. And yeah. people have different opinions and there's a lot of fights that go on and it's usually the people that are trying to change and make things better, whether they do that in the right way or the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. yeah our humans are so resistant to change. We really struggle mm. with change. Or you're always projecting your own stuff onto a situation because mm. your vision's only going to be what you know. So if you've if yeah. you've been traumatized and you're trying to deal with someone else's trauma, you're going to see it through your own vision. Yeah. yeah, yeah, damn. So there's big wars. Like we have massive wars when things have gone wrong or people are trying to make something right, like a consent violation, if someone does something without consent. But then after that, I find that things shift where something will come in to make that thing better. Yeah, okay. Mm. Do you, can you remember an example of when that happened? Um, well, there's been a lot. There's been, <laughs> there's been many um, people that say that they've been touched inappropriately without giving permission. Mm-hmm. And that could be um, someone new coming in the scene and not understanding what they're getting into, not negotiating clearly. Mm-hmm. The top might not have negotiated clearly with them. They might not have said what they want. Um, and then things get crossed right or wrong mm-hmm. and they get touched somewhere that they didn't want to be touched and they go into this big trauma. Um, and intentional things as well where people are touched inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Um but there's a lot there's a lot of community force behind that and it's almost it's overpowering sometimes how much force is behind those situations well it's tough about that I, um, this is a tough one so like i'd like to kind of maybe break this down a little bit it, first of all if the let's say um that in this particular situation it was a person who didn't understand the rules and they made a mistake and they touched someone inappropriately mm-hmm. 
the person who's been touched inappropriately, where do they go to complain? Online. <laughs> oh no. Online yeah. to who? To everyone. everyone which oh is god, that's scary. Happen because the that's whole a major problem. FetLife is the main um, kink platform, and it's worldwide. So you get everyone involved in these big arguments, and this it, it can get messy because everyone's got their ideas and everyone's got their opinions, Shit. and it happens quite a lot, especially in the last few years where there's been big battles. But yeah, because that I mean, because there's this thing with the whole false rape accusation, like how mm. dangerous that is. Yep. I think to our society, it's really, really dangerous, both to perpetrators of actual rape and mm. victims of actual rape, and then the, this whole other whatever this attention-seeking oddness is. And what's so scary about it is that you don't want to be seen to be a person that's victim-blaming. Yeah. Because I, I, I fucking and for that's sure. where that's where it goes wrong, and that's where it. Um, oh God, it's. Yeah, because it's scary. Because if there is an instance of someone making up an accusation that's not true, yeah, then who's the victim? Like that's where we we are. Right. Which one's the victim? The person that's being accused, or the person that's crying that they've been yeah. hurt? And it's hard. You can't not believe somebody, but you you can't like when. What's come out to me lately is we're not we're not the police. If something happens go to the police. Like right. they're, they're, they yes. can deal with that stuff, but we don't. We keep it in the community and then it gets really messy. Oh, yeah. Like if you've yeah. been abused, go and go through the proper channels and get help. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, potentially... And so then trying... If as a community, like if you can, you try to figure out, wait, 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 wait. This person's brand new to the community. It's likely they didn't understand the rules. Do you... Is there a attempt to get their per- that person's side of the story as well? Um, or there's, there's a lot of people that are very vocal about these things um, for the victim, for the perpetrator, for stuff in the middle. So nothing really gets solved online. It's not. Yeah. It's really messy. And you met um, the No Grey team today. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's come from all of this. Oh, wow. Fighting okay. and, and consent problems is the no gray app was created for consent so we can say before you play let's agree to this 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 and it's all stored on the blockchain you agree to it if something Mm. goes wrong after you can say hey we agreed to this before or not yeah so it's clearer yeah okay because i think sometimes someone new might not understand like we talked about cbt I agree to CBT. What does that mean? Like you might think it means like from mental side where it means I've agreed to for cock and ball torture. (laughs) I didn't know that. So with with the consent conversation, you you work all that out beforehand. Yeah. Do you understand that I might touch you here? Is it okay if I do this? This is what, you know, the risks are. Yeah. And because you might not know, you get in the scene, you go, oh, I want to do rope. And if a rope top doesn't sit down and talk to you about the risks, are you at fault for not asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, yes. (laughs) But really, like the person that's experienced should be involved. It's like a two-way conversation about Mm. communicating. Have you done it before? Do you understand the risks? This is what can go wrong. Yeah. Is that okay? Is this a risk that you're willing to take? Huh. Yeah, wow. And is the play going to be sexual? Is the play going to just be sensation? Do you want to um, emotionally be challenged? Do you want to just tie and we're going to have fun? Like all of that's got to be negotiated beforehand. Mm. 
because someone might go into it and and you do there's a lot of sexual energy that comes out like if if you're I bet. If you're being tired or flogged and, you you know, you start moving your body in a suggestive manner, you might go as a top, oh, they want me to touch them, they're getting all horny, but they don't. <laughs> like, yeah. If, and in normal life you might progress around that thing, well, they want me to kiss them now and then we're going to have sex and we do all of the, the step by step. But in the kink scene it's not. You've got to challenge every time and go, I haven't talked about this before a scene in the middle of a scene, they might be getting really turned on. I'm breaking consent by taking that the next step. Yeah, wow. Because they're vulnerable in that moment. Yeah, because that's what I was going to just say, is that if something changes authentically in the moment and that mm. app isn't present, isn't nearby, to be like, wait, 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 tick that box for anal because now I'm in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, it, yeah, that's something that's a bit more challenging. But unless, unless they turn around and said can you please fuck me anally in the middle of a scene, that's fine. Yeah, okay. But if you just see them sticking their ass out and you go, well, she stuck her ass out, yeah, so yeah, I just Yeah, I see her. assumption, yeah, yeah, that would so be a major So it's problem. about negotiating everything beforehand as much as you can. And then, uh-huh. yeah, we've got other times. If you, if you go, oh, next time I'd like to do this, like we'll talk about that again and go to the next stage. That's kind of cool. I mean, that also kind of shows you how to deal with restraint as well because I've definitely done that before where I've just, like, gotten lost in the moment, done something, and then later been like, fuck, why did I do that? I know it's not his fault, but I'm just embarrassed for myself and for everything involved. Like, why the fuck did I hook up with that guy? I didn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's a safe way to explore those boundaries if if you talk about it beforehand and you trust each other. And I'm, I'm probably too controlled like I mm. I know that people I've played with have wanted more but I'm so terrified of breaking someone's consent yeah. I probably play less than they want me to which is funny because you mm. play quite hard yep in your own words you know like they mm. you go hard as shit and then you're like well that's it that's the line <laughs> but those people I play with hard are really hardcore masochists so that there is no line how hard is hard can you well, describe it to me Sticking needles in someone's cock and then masturbating them with needles is probably the hardest. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Masturbating them with the needles in. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Ow! How does that even work? I don't know. That's their thing. They like it, and it turns them on, and they get excited by it. It's it's like the parts of the brain where the pain responses become the sexual response. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And do you think that that, um, this was kind of linked to that previous question, but do you think that that's going to impact that person's ability to have normal relational sex later? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck. Because they become so desensitized to normal sex, I suppose. Like they need to have a needle in their dick. Yeah. But I'm like that too. Like I, I've, I need kink in my sex to enjoy myself. Unless I'm with someone I really love. Like if I'm making love to someone, I've got that emotional connection. But having sex with someone that I don't have that with, I'd rather go and watch Netflix. Yeah, I'm the same, man. My whole experience, like the whole reason why I would ever have sex with anyone is to Mm. try and be closer to them. And kink gives you that. It gives you that ability to get closer to someone. Do you know what freaks me out about it? Like my biggest resistance to it mm-hmm. is like that I wouldn't be attracted to the person, I think. Like I would be scared of going to a situation like that. And because I historically in my past have been 
I don't know if I still am, to be honest, because I haven't been drinking for mm-hmm. the last three and a half years. I've never put myself in a situation where I didn't know if I was sure or not. Yeah. But in the past, I've done this before, been super drunk and not really sure, but just been like, yeah, fuck it, whatever, I'll go yeah. with this. Or um, been too embarrassed to say no. Like, like I know for sure that when I was drinking a lot, I used to like th- that a boy would give me attention, so I'd flirt with them at the bar, and then I'd distinctly say to them, we're not going to have sex tonight because I'm, yep. I can't Get do it. Get this clean now. <laughs> and then I'd still be super flirty with them. I'd make out with them. I'd touch them. They'd yep. come home to my house, and then I'd be laying there, and I'd be like, sorry, I did say that I didn't want to have sex. And then they'd be like, but why am I here? Yeah. And I'm kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, uh, I know. Because you're going Because I'm the steps, fucked up in the head. I don't yeah. know. You know, like I'm obviously. But you wouldn't play with someone if. If you haven't got something, it's not like you go to an event and you're going to end up playing with someone you're not attracted to. Like you're going to make friends with someone and you might not play with anyone for like four or five events or a whole okay. year of events. You might so there just... isn't like this pressure to no, like. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I can go to an event and not play at all. Mm. It's if I feel you don't feel like, like a it. weird outsider, like just no, standing there. Oh, people okay. just talk. Like some people just go and talk. They don't want to play. They just want to watch and hang out and talk about life like we're, we're normal people <laughs> yeah. sometimes you feel like playing and sometimes you don't and yeah. I encourage people that enter the scene not to play for the mm. first time just go and watch figure out the rules figure out the um, protocols understand what you're getting into before you get into it because it's dangerous just handing over to someone you don't know yeah yeah fuck like you don't you wouldn't do that in real it's we do it in real life don't we go to a bar and go home with some guy and then go shit <laughs> oh, I know. And and yeah. that's what's uh, the whole ludicrous nature of the thing to me is mm. that I know for sure when you meet me when I'm drunk, it's not the person that you're meeting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whoever that person is, it's not me, this person sitting here. And we, we do watch out for newbies at 33, like as a, as a um, dungeon monitor. Mm. If I see someone new and they're drunk and then someone hones in on them, I will go and check, are you okay with this? And just kind of monitor it a little bit. And yeah. you've still got... I can't control what you're doing because you're an adult. Yeah, yeah. But what if you've gotten into a situation and you're like, oh, my God, I've agreed to this thing but I don't really want to do it. Yeah. I don't know how to get out of it because I'm in this new place. Yeah. I've wow. even had, like, people in the middle of a scene, like someone might come up to the scene that doesn't know about the rules and someone might be in this fully, like, immersed in their play and someone will come up and go, oh, what are you doing there? Or, like, can I have a look? Uh, it's, it's like one of our rules is you don't interfere with play. Okay. But that person doesn't know. So you've got to, you're constantly educating people about protocols and rules within. Is um, there like a thing for people to read or look at before they come to one of the parties? Um, different parties are different. Most places in Brisbane try and educate people that are new. Like this is show them around, talk to them. At 33, we do new people, you wait here. Mm. Old people, Go and look around. Yeah, okay. New people, these are the rules. This is what consent is. This is how you handle this situation. If you need help, go to this person. So mm. there's there's a lot of prep for new people at 33. And other places do it too I've been to where they say, have you been to an event before? No, this is my first one. Okay, we'll get someone to show you around. Yeah. Okay. And you, you try and, and make it comfortable for them. Do you ever have like major accidents? Like that kind um, of traumatise the community? Not in Brisbane. We haven't had any that traumatise people. We've had little slip-ups. That The worst thing I've had happen was a girl um, 
passed out for three hours. Oh, my God. But we had a doctor, a kinky doctor, <laughs> a real doctor, but he was there and he just kept checking her and checked her pulse and she was fine. So they have... What had caused her to pass out? Um, it's called a vasovagal reaction. So you're part of your brain and the nerves around the top of your chest just make you faint to get the blood back up. And mm. that can be from overstimulation or, you know, too much going on at once, too mm. much sensation. Yeah, okay. And I don't think she'd eaten a lot. And that, that's a big thing too. You have to eat before you play because you're more likely to pass out. That's yeah. why we have lollies. <laughs> like <laughs> have some sugar. But they're, they're probably the worst things that happen. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, wow. Because people, you have to train and that's the other thing. Like when I entered the scene, I spent a whole year training in, in rope and impact and I found the best people at that thing and I went to the classes and I've, I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on training and then mm. as a pro-dom, you're like, you ask people to contribute some money for a session that I've spent, you know, years and years training to get good at my craft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I think you have to do that. You've got to make sure that you understand what you're doing. Yeah, fuck. Because it's dangerous. You can't, you can't just come in and start hitting someone without knowing where to hit them, how to hit them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think there's... Probably so many people on the outside of this community, myself included, had no idea of the nuance. Mm. I had no idea. None of us do. And then we get in there and we're like, oh, my God, this place is amazing. And it, it, I was blown away by how, like, aesthetically lovely the place was. Yeah. Like, it freaked me out. It was a, I said it, I think, on the video to you, but it was like I've, I'd walked into a tattoo shop and a dentist and also a torture chamber in the <laughs> middle of, like... Middle Ages, yeah. all at once, and it was really like sterile and clean, yeah. and friendly and warm. Yeah, weird. And there's pe- like a people have house parties as well. So there's a few places in Brisbane where people will host mm. at their house, and their whole house is set up like that. They obviously don't have kids, yeah. <laughs> so they've got all the um, the same equipment, and the garage is turned into a rope room, and they're wow. everywhere. That room, the one. Um, I think the scariest room to me that reminded me of like horror films, like like the Silence of the Lambs room, was that white room. The white room, yeah, freaked me out. It, the, and for, for you guys again, like make sure you watch the video that I put on the internet because you mm-hmm. got to see this room. Basically, you you got, we were in the like this other pretty much what you would expect to be a. Kind of dungeon that has like chairs and that spinning wheel that pretty much almost everybody, when you think of um, dominatrix style things, that that wheel features in almost all of them. It's like a wheel that a body is strapped to and then it spins around. But then we turn the corner and you're like, this one's the white room. (laughs) And it is sterile, glistening white with stainless steel and hoses. Water hoses. The interrogation room, they call it sometimes, or the wet room. And yeah. the interrogation. And would you mind describing it to the people? Um, so there's a wall with shackles, so you can shackle someone up in the shower space, and you can hose them with the water in their face or the cold water. Um, there's also a cage where you can tie people up into, and yeah, chairs. And the cage is still in the the reach of the hoses so you yep. can hose someone in the cage or hose or make the person in the cage watch you hosing someone else yep. and we have fun like everyone thinks it's, <laughs> it's there's some really serious play when you're watching going okay I'm just going to be really quiet now 
and just watch this and, and respect it. And there's other people play and it's like a show and people are laughing and torturing the sub and we're like, yes. And people <laughs> get involved in the enjoyment of it. It's not always, it's not always dark and yeah. mean. And it doesn't so. seem mean. Like from my experience, obviously I haven't seen it yet. But. Sometimes it is. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not always. Like the last one we had in the white room, someone was tied up and I think they put like a dildo on his head. It's just, it was ridiculous. But it was so, it was so good to watch. And their dynamic was amazing, the way that they interacted with each other. It was fun and exciting. And wow. And then you got other scenes that are just yeah, full on serious and you would just be quiet and watch. Yeah. You're like watching actors in a play, but they're totally immersive. Yeah. Sometimes it's very play-like and fun. And nobody's ever died doing this. Um, There was a case in, I think on the Gold Coast, I'm not sure, someone had tied someone up in a hotel room. And I think that they'd left them there too long. And I think they, like hours and hours and they died. Oh, my God. But that's not in an event space. No one's died in an event space that I know of. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure it's happened in the world because it, it is underground. But yeah. we've had broken fingers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. between consenting people. Like my friend mm. played and her husband broke her finger accidentally because they oh. were wrestling and mucking around. Mm. Okay, off to the hospital. <laughs> you know. But nothing, um, you know, you get that from boxing or playing yeah, volleyball sure. or whatever. Like it's... Sometimes things happen, but nothing really bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an odd thing, like, in our community that will laugh at someone who gets their arm broken. Like, you mm. feel bad for them, obviously, but you're like, fucking hell, that was a heavy kick. Yeah. And, it, you know, everyone's smiling and like, damn, better get that casted, you yeah. know, and it just, it's kind of, like, silly. And it's your trophy. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's what my trainer always says, like, when we're damaged, he always goes, rub your trophy on it, that'll feel better. Yeah, yeah. And you're like... In some ways, it's it's nice because it takes away the trauma of what's happening. Like if we were really precious about this whole thing, like we would feel, I probably would be very traumatized by yeah. the shit that's gone on. But if that happened in another situation, that would be traumatic. Yeah. Like if it was broken. But when everyone kind of makes, relaxes you with it and, and you yeah. know that you're in a controlled environment, nobody's trying to hurt me, I can go see a doctor, I'm 100% yeah. the fine. The body will heal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, man. Wow, like you have, you, I feel like an entire sphere of reality has been opened for me yeah. today. And then the, I always say this to people be careful when you come in this world because you can't get out. <laughs> it's like, it's a Hotel we, California. It's, we always joke about going down the rabbit hole. Like you just go in and then you go, oh my God. And then it just, you get this, I need more, I want to know more, I've got to learn more and experience more. And wow, people will go out. They've, like we've got Fat Life where people have an account and then they'll disappear and then they'll come back and then they'll disappear and then they come back. Mm. And people don't go for long. They might go for a year and go and try and live a normal life and then they're like, oh, I'll go and see what's happening in Fat Life. <laughs> <laughs> what are the kinky people doing? Wow. So it, it becomes like there's – we always talk about like there's real – there's people that are really kinky in their being and they need that. There's other people that try and come in and they're not really kinky mm. and that they don't last long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's wow. either in you or it's not. And like sometimes men will say, and women, oh, I want I want to teach my partner how to do this or I want them to do it with me mm. or trying to make their partner be dominant. Mm. But you can't. If it's not in you, you can't do that. 
yeah, yeah. It's either something that you need to be with someone else who's into into it or you just work yeah. it out of yourself and realize it's not that important. Or you have a submissive that needs to be dominated. You can't tell someone to be dominant because you're already being dominant towards them. So you, it's a yeah. hard thing to do. Huh. You've got to get yourself and go, okay, I really want to do this thing and find someone that matches. Mm. Yeah. And so if people wanted to find you or find out more about this stuff, where do they go? FetLife is the best place to find those communities. We have coffee mornings. We have um, pubs. The Wickham does something every month. There's stuff everywhere all over. People just get together and talk okay. in normal clothes in friendly environment. You get to know people. And then if you go to an event, you've, gone, you've met all these people and it's not as intimidating. Ah, yeah, um, okay, cool. That makes sense. FetLife has a list of all the events that are on everywhere around Brisbane. So you okay. just go on and go, okay, there's one on Saturday and you can see who's going. You can buy tickets. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a massive community. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you can online. I, I find when, once you open it up and you see how much is there, there's so much opportunity for your kind of thing and there's all different little tribes. Like there's the old school tribe that are older people that have their protocols and then there's the – People that young kids that just want to have fun, and I, I find even in society now we're not so stuck on roles. Mm-hmm. Like we're not, I'm male, I'm female. You know, I'm all the gender stuffs blending in, and the kink scene's doing a lot of that too. Where people aren't wanting to be, I'm dominant, I'm submissive, I'm this, I'm that. They're like, I just want to come in and explore myself and see what I like, and I yeah. might like that for a while, and then I want to try this for a while. And, so it is changing with society. Yeah. Yeah. People are a bit more fluid. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. I mean, we're sort of like a, coming up to this generation of non-committal. Yeah. I don't know what I want to be. I just want to figure it out. And I might change my mind. Yeah. Because it's like because mm-hmm. the internet's made everything so possible that everyone's yeah. kind of like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, I could try that. And the older, the older generation are very structured so I'm a dominant and you will speak to me like this and these are the rules and Mm. everybody will follow the rules and that's breaking down it's hard for me to imagine an an older kink scene that like my grandma her generation and they they come to like we're all all generations all in one place there's no color sex gender we're really accepting of everybody you don't have it and weight and like there's not an ideal body where you have to look like this or you have to be like that like I'll play next to someone who's like 80 it's fine like we're all we're all in it together wow but they do you know I've got flogger's shoulder and I can't flog anymore my (laughs) knee is dying I was at one party and they're all talking about oh I can't do this now and I was like this is me in like 20 years (laughs) That's funny. But we're really accepting of all ages. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And it's called FET, Fet Life. Fet Life. And that's worldwide. There's millions and millions of people. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, fuck, we've been talking for an hour and a half. How crazy that's that enough. time is. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming to talk that's to me okay. and for showing me your a little intro, intro do, introduction, <laughs> introduction to your world. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. cool. Thanks. again that was priestess desire if you want to know more about what she does you can follow her on instagram priestess desire or 
uh, go to her website, priestessdesire.com. You can also check out FetLife or uh, Haven33 and uh, or the No Gray app as well as nogray.app. And I will have all the links to that on my website if you want to check it out. Thank you again for listening. Thank you heaps. If you enjoy this content and you want to listen to it some more, you can always support the podcast at patreon.com or just like it on iTunes. Tell your friends, whatever. Thank you. Have a great week.